Hello, I'm Graham Hall, and this is my Talking Dogs podcast. Now, you might also know me from dogs behaving very badly on the telly uh, or from reading one of my books. Now, in fact, uh, I might even have come and worked with you one-to-one. Who knows? Now, listen, I've been training all sorts of dogs, every breed you could imagine, for nearly 15 years now. I've got many stories to tell and hopefully some knowledge that might help you too. Uh, And that's what I do on this podcast. I answer the questions you send me so that you feel a little less alone in those tricky moments that you're having training your dog. Today, I want to help you teach your dogs to share. In a bit, I'll give some advice to an owner who's recently brought a new puppy into the house and her older cockapoo isn't best pleased. First, though, this is from Emily. Now, she says, we've got a three-year-old working cocker spaniel, Ned. As all, well, maybe most dog parents say, he's a dream. Yeah, they do. But he's really bad at sharing things with other dogs. Now, if he's got a ball or a stick, another dog takes or tries to take it just to play, you know, he will growl, nip and on occasions fight. He also does this when he doesn't want to play or he wants to stop playing and they follow him to keep the fun up. Please help. Right. Well, there's lots of scenarios going on here. So let's let's break this down, shall we? So three year old working Cocker Spaniel. So he's going to be a, a, a bundle of energy at the best of times. Um, yeah, where do, where do we start with this? Well, the first thing uh, with anything like this, where there's a sort of hint of something getting a bit uh, aggressive, is that we mustn't mustn't make it worse, uh, whatever we do. So it's often a case of slowing things down. I mean, Ned really is just... He's been a bit bossy, isn't he? Let's be honest. Um, you know, all this growling and nipping and fighting, it's like, no, no, it's all on my terms. Now, because he's a working breed dog, he is going to be, well, I said it before, sort of full of energy. They really are 100 miles an hour, and they need to be kept sort of engaged all the time. So it's an interesting one. We can talk about what to do in that moment when he when he growls, and we'll, we'll sort of come back to that. But I think there's a bigger issue here, uh, which is kind of like, actually, it's not his job to tell all the other dogs off or, or indeed you perhaps um it's down to you you're the parent so to speak you know and I, I often think in terms of you know parent and child really when it comes to dogs so what would i do um well i'd certainly be looking at all the things that you do in life that might kind of give him the initiative right what do i mean by that right so quite apart from this problem with the the, the playing let's say you're at home you know he's like oh, i want to go out to loo yeah, all right then. You know, I want to come back in. Yeah, all right. Uh, two minutes later, I want to go out to the loo. For goodness' sake! All right then, I want to come in. You know, and all of that. And it's like water bowl empty. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food time. Food time. Yeah. Look, there's a ball. Throw it. 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 Right. You know the kind of thing. All of that is him saying, "You human, do this." Now, if we had a child and they said, uh, "You know, I want," as the standard response of "I want" never gets. It's something that my mum used to say to me a lot. Probably says more about me than my mum, I think. But with dogs, we often don't because they're cute. They can't speak the language. They've got those, you know, puppy dog eyes. It's like, yeah, go on, go on, go on. So umpteen times a day, typically, we go, yeah, all right then. Now, if you did it with a child, you'd end up with a spoiled child. The kind of child who, when he was playing with other kids, went, no, I'm not sharing nicely. No, no, you aren't going to have this. No, I don't want to play, or I, I, I will play, and <laughs> you can see where I'm going with this. So I think the bigger picture is I'd take a sort of look at it, Emily, and think, right, in life generally, how many times is Ned telling you what to do, and then you kind of fall into that role of follower, yeah? 
putting all that right is risk-free, isn't it? Right? So I want to go to the toilet. Yeah, in a minute. I'm busy. I'm cooking. Or I'm doing this. I'm email. Whatever it is, right? Yeah, throw a ball. Not right now. I'm busy. You know? Maybe a bit later. Yeah? So you're going to do those things, but on your terms. However, in the meantime, in that moment when he's he's growling and all the rest of it, be very careful not to sort of stick your hand in there. Don't want to get you bitten. But you could stand between him and the other dog. In effect, by taking that step literally you're saying hey no i'll take care of this not you it's not your job right in effect what you're saying is i don't care what the other boy did you're not allowed so either he starts something or the dog tries to start something i.e take his ball or get him to play when he doesn't want to and you're really just saying look you just sort yourself out doesn't matter what the other boy did yeah again it's we're back to parenting kind of thing aren't we I think it's also fine if he doesn't want to play. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play. I think a quick point there, sometimes we learn so much about keeping dogs active. Is that working breed dog? Come back to that. I'm often saying to people, you need to keep the brain active so that they don't kind of climb the walls at home and stuff. But that doesn't mean you've got to force them to play all the time. You know, like us, sometimes they want to play and sometimes they don't. And that's that's absolutely fine. Next up is Holly, who has a similar issue to Emily, although it's a specific dog her cockapoo doesn't want to share with. Now, Holly's email reads like this. My five-year-old cockapoo is terrible for guarding, and he guards areas, people, items like boxes and toys, and food from other dogs, including our new four-month-old puppy. Now, he's an unneutered male, and our puppy is a female. If my mum and myself are sat down and he sat with us and the puppy comes over, he'll growl or get up and run at her, growling and barking. He started to growl at us when we put him out of the room. That's a worry, isn't it? Uh, and he's never done that before, right? So straight away, my brain's thinking, this is escalating. Any advice would be gratefully received. Uh, I just don't know what to do for the best. Yeah, like lots of people. And I just feel like we've made a, a mistake getting a puppy. Bless you. Okay, so five-year-old cockapoo. Uh, and again, it's interesting, isn't it? So the, the previous one was cocker spaniel. This is a cockapoo. These problems aren't by any means unique to those breeds but I do see quite a lot of resource guarding uh, and that kind of thing with, with cockers and cockapoos. It's interesting, isn't it? So the first thing that sort of springs to mind is, OK, so he's an unneutered male, she's a female. Right, is that a clue? Yeah, maybe. Neutering sometimes can be part of the problem, but you've got to be careful. So when you've got a male dog that's been a bit aggressive, often the first thing that people think is, right, let's get him neutered, that'll fix everything. And, and you know, experience just tells that actually that's not the case. Sometimes it can even make it worse. Well, why would that be? Well, let me explain. If he's acting out of nervousness, he's sort of coming forward and doing fight instead of flight when he gets scared. Uh, if you take testosterone away, a bit of bravado goes with that. And he's even more scared than he was before, therefore he reacts more. And if the choice he was making was fight, it could be that he becomes more aggressive than ever before. So you've got to be so careful with that. My gut feeling on this one, and it, the, the caveat here is it's always difficult to say for sure until you've seen it. It doesn't sound like that. It sounds like he's being Billy Big Boy, if you know what I mean. It could be that Neutron is part of a solution, but I don't think it's a magic one that's going to fix everything. Now, what you can do in these cases is go for a, like a chemical castration option, which is a relatively temporary thing. 
because obviously the surgical option, once they're gone, you ain't going to glue them back on again. But if you go for a chemical version and you need to talk to your vet about what the options are here, you will see in, in a matter of weeks, really, what you've got in terms of the end behaviour. If it's going the right way, you might well decide to go down a surgical route. And there's other reasons why you might want to do that. You can't get testicular cancer if you haven't got any, for a start. But if the behaviour got worse, if we got this wrong, in other words, you just got to wait for it to fade away. So it, it's, a, it's a safer bet, if you like. Also, as she comes of age, there's a right time that you may well want to be neutering her because you're going to have other problems there as well. So back to the problem in hand. He's being a bit of a bully, isn't he? That's basically what it boils down to. Again, as I was saying to uh, to Emily with Ned, I think he's just got to understand that he's not in charge here. You are. You know, you've brought the puppy in. You're saying it's okay, and he just needs to jolly well back off, basically. <laughs> and I'm being polite there. So get between him and the puppy, and and just stand your ground. Now, again. He's beginning to growl and bark at you, so we don't want that to get any worse. A behaviour that's increasing, by the way, often suggests that that behaviour gets rewarded in some way. Now, I'm not for one minute suggesting you're throwing treats at him, um, or at least I hope you're not, but if you do take the puppy away, then he's getting what he wants. Or the puppy looks scared and runs off, and he, he just feels great about that, as bullies do. So... Stand your ground, stand between him and the puppy, but don't inflame the situation. Just calm, assertive, but no, no, you're not doing that, right? If you're worried, you could have one person with a lead on him while the other person does the thing, you know, and then it's slowly but surely, you know, he gets used to that puppy being in the room. Obviously, supervise all the time because we don't want him attacking the puppy when you're not looking. That goes without saying, doesn't it? Have you made a mistake? It, it, do you know, it's really... Uh, hard to say uh, things usually sort themselves out he's five she's four months old they've got a lot of growing to do between them my gut feel again here is they'll probably end up at that sort of accommodation where th th neither of them is each other's best friend particularly which probably isn't what you want to hear but they end up just going yeah all right well you've got that bit of space over there i'm at this end of the server fine you know they're not like cuddling up together on a bed but they're like yeah yeah, yeah. we tolerate each other and that may well be uh, i hope i'm wrong i mean it may well be that they just see the light and they're absolutely fine when she grows up a bit but right now it just sounds like she's arrived, taken his limelight. You know, he was probably getting all the attention before. He doesn't like that. But he's got to learn to share nicely. And what that essentially means is when he reacts badly, we need to tell him no and make him understand that's not acceptable. However, the opposite's also true. When he's a good boy and he's tolerating her, you know, doing nothing actually would be good, right? That's when you need to say Oh, good boy, that's nice. And then he understands what's expected. Because if he's never had a puppy in the house, at the moment, he doesn't know how to behave. OK, well, we've talked about dogs sharing, uh, but we've got to practice what we preach, right? I've had an email from a listener who's wondering about the etiquette of sharing responsibility for training dogs. Now, this is from Julie. And she says, my partner's dog needs training in nearly every way possible. He's 10 months old. 
This is the dog, not the partner. Um, hasn't been trained properly. That probably is the partner. He pulls on the lead. His recall is hit and miss, especially if there's other dogs around. He jumps up at people. He playfully bites us. He bites furniture, urinates on the carpet, blimey, and generally doesn't listen. God, that's quite a list, isn't it? Do you have any advice? Right. Uh, I'm, I'm worried that he'll have an accident and hurt somebody. Okay, well, that's the serious side, isn't it? All right. How much do you like your partner? <laughs> Um, okay, generally speaking, you'll have heard in dog training that you've got to be consistent, right? And it's been drummed into us since the days of Barbara Woodhouse, if you're old enough to remember her. And that is right. That doesn't mean there's going to be one person that does all the training and the other one doesn't. In fact, I think that's a road to ruin because the dog learns to respect one person and not the other. But you do need both to be on board. Now, a couple of thoughts on this. I once did a private one-to-one with a lady who was a child psychologist, which was fascinating for me because a lot of the time I'm, I'm looking at the similarities between you know humans and particularly little humans and dogs. And of course, there are some differences as well. But we were comparing notes and she was saying that um, she's always saying to parents that the way in which you enforce rules if enforce is indeed the right word, but, you know, you're getting across what's naughty and what's good, you know, and all of that. The way you do it isn't so important, and you can differ, and kids just get that. What's really important is that the rules themselves are the same, right? So if a particular thing is naughty, you both need to be saying it's naughty. Now, it doesn't really matter that he's got a different voice to you or he's a bit rubbish with his face and you're better or whatever, but so long as you've got that first thing right, you both know what the rules are. And I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's exactly the same with dogs. Um, So you don't have to worry that you both need to sound the same and all that kind of thing. What I would do, though, is make a list of what the rules are in this house. Now, it might sound a bit basic, this, right? So forgive me if I'm sounding patronising, but how about you make a list and you stick it on the fridge, right, for example. So that could be things like uh, jumping up at the side, not allowed, yeah? Keeping your paws on the ground, good, you know, and all those things. I mean, it's your house, your dog, so you make the rules, but make it nice and clear, bullet points, right? Again, back in the day, long before telly, when, when you know, I was spending all my time doing private one-to-ones, I went to a lady. This was, this is something I'd, I haven't done latterly, but I used to go back and do a follow-up when I was just in one local area. So I'd go out and see people, and I'd pop back for an hour about a week later. By the time you're nationwide, you can't really promise to do that. So I popped back, walked in the door, and, and I hadn't mentioned the idea of the list on the fridge. I'd just said, I think you need to get your rules straight. And there was this list, and the list was great. And I looked down, and I thought, that must be something that she downloaded off the internet. And then uh, I went down, I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, I agree with that as well. And that's good. But these rules are really good. I mean, it's unusual for me to agree with everything that's on something on the internet. And uh, I said, where do you get these from? She said, from you the other day. All I did was type them up. (laughs) Hence where the idea comes from. So if you do that, you're on the same hymn sheet, aren't you? And then, yes, you both need to take some responsibility. It's tricky depending on the state of your relationship when it's not your dog. But I would advise against the your dog did this, my dog did that thing, because, yeah, it's always going to end in trouble, isn't it? Effectively, Julie, you've both got a problem with that dog. Sometimes it's a case of explaining to your partner why training is important. And I would just focus on how it affects you both. You know, like when he does this, it creates that problem. When he does that, it creates that problem. Can we just both agree that we'll do a bit, you know? You could take the lead in training if you want, but, yeah, you've both got to be doing a bit. 
if it all goes pear-shaped and actually he's not pulling his weight, and I'm very conscious now he's probably listening to this podcast because you're pointing at it going, listen to that, this is what Graham said. <laughs> all that's going to happen is you'll end up with a dog who listens to you, is well-behaved when you're around and just ignores it when he's around because he doesn't think it matters. You know, the dog doesn't think it matters. So I've seen that so many times. Well, that's another training session complete. Now, perhaps your dog shares very nicely. Maybe they've got a different issue that you're struggling to get to the bottom of. No problem. Send me an email or even better, a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and I'll do my best to answer your question on an upcoming episode. And make sure you don't miss any of these episodes by subscribing to Talking Dogs wherever you're listening to this right now. Until next time then, look after yourself, your loved ones, and of course, your dogs. Bye for now.